to find a healthier balance for every day. This is Building Balance on KCLR with personal trainer and nutritional coach Natalie Lennon. Hello everybody, you are very welcome along to Building Balance. Natalie Lennon here with you hosting this eight-week series dedicating the show to helping you build a healthier, happier and balanced life. Each week we are here choosing just one topic to explore alongside an expert that joins me for the duration of the show, taking an in-depth look at some of the most important aspects of your well-being, of exercise and nutrition right throughout the series. Being a personal trainer and nutritional and health coach myself, It's an honour to be here sharing my passion and helping you to build a better balance. If you want to get in touch with the show with any questions you have or queries, which I'm sure you may for my guests today, you can do so on the dinnersready.ie contact line 083 306 9696. You can also email me with anything you might like discussed on the show, Nathalie Lennon with a H, just be awkward, at kclor96fm.com. Coming up on today's show. With simple ways to enhance your quality of life. Building Balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. So far, we've had two shows in the series. The first was all about sleep. The second was all about strength training. And a reminder that you can listen back on Spotify if you just search Building Balance with Natalie Lennon. And be sure to rate the show if you do. But today, we are diving into all things running. So if running is something that you do, that you once did, that you want to get started in, or maybe you have taken up this new year can I still say new year February I think I can well you're going to love everything that my guest has to say your weekly vitamin boost of positivity building balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon you are very welcome back to the show. It is Natalie Lennon with you and our third episode of this series, Building Balance. And I'm thrilled to be joined today by a man who is extremely knowledgeable in the area of running, also a chartered physiotherapist, a certified athletic therapist, an athlete himself, I might add, based here in Kilkenny. He has a PhD in biomechanics and movement from the University of Limerick. He has lectured with Satanta College, Limerick Institute of Technology, Waterford too, I believe. He runs a very successful online Pilates program with a range of options from sports Pilates, high intensity Pilates to back Pilates. Huge intro he's getting now. His social media is jam-packed with free information to help you thrive and build a stronger body. His passion for helping others really does radiate through his work and his content. We are very lucky to have his time today welcoming Mr. Owen Everard to the program. Owen, how are you? Natalie, thanks so much for having me on. Thanks a million. It is a pleasure to have you back. I know we had a quick chat on the January drive about running, which I really enjoyed. So I'm thrilled to have more time to dive into everything today. Yeah, it'd be great, actually, just having this bit extra time. Exactly. So, come here. Do you want to start by telling us more about you, um, how you got to where you are today, and maybe your own running experience to get the ball rolling? Yeah, like, so I'm running about 20 years, kind of, seriously enough. Uh, Robert Norwood was my coach here in Kilkenny, um, and... Um, he was just great to start with and I would have started like 800 metres and would have ran for Ireland at that distance and as you get older you get a bit slower so I would have moved up I would have um, then broke the four minute mile I was the first Kilkenny man to break the four minute mile and um, no way yeah yeah it was great yeah it was a big big uh, life goal to hit that and I won five national running 
titles um, both indoor and outdoor and I've ran for Ireland from 800 metres to 10,000 metres so I've okay. um, been very lucky and I'm the current over 35 uh, 3k European champion and um, I've ran 13.58 for 5k 29.50 for 10k so I have a nice little range of running distances so looking okay, forward just, to the conversation I'm here trying to digest all of that I'm shook because I do a bit of running myself Yeah. Um, now I'm struggling to get back into it after not doing it for some time but did you just say 10k in 29 yeah 50 yeah, 29, yeah, 50. yeah. you must have been delighted to get I was delighted yeah, yeah I was delighted yeah. That's it's, it's incredible. a nice little barrier to get underneath yeah a nice little barrier you're <laughs> yeah. very modest own oh, incredible like when I say you're an athlete yourself I think sometimes people tend to give your advice a little bit more kind of notice when they hear how much work you've put in so it's great to hear how much work you've done yourself when it comes to your own training are you doing much training at the moment then still or is it more so training other people at this point uh no still training myself away you know um probably not as like seriously as i once did but still really enjoying it you know we have Mm -hmm. a group that trains together um always trying to get Brian Maher to stay running so (laughs) we kind of help prop each other up it's good running is a it's a real sport that's it's very um there's a real community aspect to it in most counties you know you have your park run there's all these running communities I found like dipping my toe into both running and strength training that there is probably more support amidst the run community than there is purely the gym community it's nice to be a part of both and when it comes to I suppose your your certificates your lecturing you're busy lecturing at the moment now as well yeah I lecture with SETU Waterford so um, really enjoy that job as well and it's it's just a great balance you know practically if you're doing Pilates or physio it's great then to be able to kind of teach students and keeps you up on your research so it's great that's brilliant. So we're going to get straight into it then with regards to running and hopefully yeah, answering some questions that are going to help the listeners today. The first question on everyone's mind is no doubt where to begin. So if someone wants to say do a five kilometre run for the first time, where do they begin? Yeah, I think I think it's really important just to write down your weekly plan. That's like so key because it's like a lot of times we want to want to run but it's like you need to have a time that you're doing that and then if it's committed on paper it's a lot easier there's loads of like couch to 5k say if you've never ran you know a lot of it's like start at one minute running one minute walking do that 10 so you've done 20 minutes of a minute walking a minute running and then just gradually increasing that but if you go on the internet really at that level it's just about you know committing to maybe three days a week getting used to running again putting on your runners if you have a friend like I always say like a run shared is a run halved that can really help but if you don't just write down your plan maybe Monday Saturday Sunday are like good days for you you're not as busy with say dropping off kids or work or whatever it is maybe um, you know the weekends are really hectic for you so you're going to try to get your your three runs done during the week so you know you need to have a plan in place for your goal. So if you're like, look, I really want to get back into running, it's important that you write down the days you can do it. And then, as you said, start with like one minute on, one minute off, move to like say two minutes on, two min- uh, like a minute off, like minute walking when I'm saying off. But at looking up any kind of couch to 5K program will get you up to that 5K distance, mm-hmm. roughly the same. Yeah, I think as much as people know that these apps exist, you know, like the couch to 5K, there's plenty of free programs to get you to a 5K online. I actually have one myself. You probably do as well. But I still think so many people just take to the roads and start running for the yeah. first time and think that they're just going to be able to build on it. Just run until I can't run anymore. Yeah, brilliant. And if I reach 5K, 
I do, and if I don't, I don't. But I don't think that's the way to go about it. No, it's no, probably, no. It's best to do your you, woman. If you have a couch to five k, plug that because that's like great. I don't <laughs> have one. It's just great to have that plan. It's so important that you're getting what we call progressive overload. And too many people. Um, I wonder if Sue mind us shouting her. I will shout out Sue. Yeah. Sue was saying, "Look, I, I got into running there, and my ankle was sore. That can happen mm-hmm. if you just overload or just do too much too quickly. So just having a set plan, following that type of plan, even if it feels like I could do more this first week or two weeks, like days become weeks and weeks become months quickly. And it's the consistency, even at the elite level, that's the most important thing. It's not one." Um, sometimes a GA can happen that way. They'll be like, oh, what's that one session you do? Or what's the one recommendation? And it's not. Like, I like you know, I trained with the, the Australian team and it wasn't just one session they ever did. It was always they consistently trained at a high level, but not at 100%, at about 90%. And that consistency over time had the big difference rather than one particular workout or session making a difference. I think when we start training, we often think we're invincible. And I love that you brought that into it, that even if it feels amazing at the time and like you can do more, it's a good idea not to, because remember every session adds up and if your joints are not used to it, your body isn't used to it, you're going to need to give yourself some time. So I'm going to move on to my next question, which is, is strength training important alongside running in your opinion? Yeah, really important. So all the injuries we get in running are passive injuries. So running really is good for cardiovascular fitness for burning calories but it's not good for like activating the muscles that's why all the injuries are like plantar fasciitis achilles tendons knee pain hip pain they're all what we call passive injuries so it's the ligaments the tendons and the joints that are taking all the pressure the muscles aren't really activating so we need something like say once a week be it pilates be it strength training to essentially wake up the muscles and then when the muscles are innervated or activated Mm -hmm. they'll naturally take pressure off these joints and then get you running better now if you're only back say three days a week you don't really have to worry about it but once you go to say four days it's much uh better for your health and your general fitness as well as reducing injuries to say run three days in a week and then do like a strength training or a pilates or something that's working the muscles um in that fourth day I love how you're bringing Pilates into it as well, because I think often we think, you know, should I be doing strength training with my running? And straight away we go to the mindset of going to the gym and lifting weights. But you can use your body weight or maybe small weights at home to still do that strength training work that will benefit your running and help you be stronger, help prevent injuries, maybe help you get faster. Yeah. Um, When it comes to Pilates, we might as well touch on this now. You teach a lot of Pilates own. Do you see a lot of runners benefiting from bringing this into their routine? Yeah, just, and I'm the same. I kind of do my Pilates or strength training just so I can stay running injury free. And it helps with your running economy. So there's, you know, there's three things that makes someone good at running. One is their lactic threshold. The second one is VO2 max, which you can change. And the third is running economy, which essentially is like how smooth you are when you run. So oh, if I love that. I never heard that term before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Economy. It's Brilliant. basically, yeah, it's like if your tires were fully pumped on your car, it's like the amount of fuel you have to use to power that car is is less and it's the same if your core is smooth if you're running all your energy is going in the one direction Mm -hmm. if your core isn't as um stable or strong you're losing you're kind of losing energy it's like if a if you had a bucket and there's slight like holes in it it's just going to be losing 
water in other areas. So having something like Pilates once a week, one, it, it helps run economy, but then two, as we said, it activates and innervates the muscles so they take pressure off the joints. And then we also increase the range of motion. So with running, it can be very repetitive. So it's just important to have something that uses the full range of motion and gets that, mo- like, get your joints moving again to keep them healthy. So since we're talking about injury prevention now as well, I'm going to go straight to it. When it comes to preventing like long-term injuries, which a yeah. lot of runners experience, and I totally understand why, because when you're running and you you know you do start to love it and you yeah. get that bit fitter there's no feeling like it like nothing compares to that post run high the runner's high yeah, yeah. is a real thing but that's why everyone wants to skip the warm up and skip the cool down and skip the strength training because they just crave that i suppose heart rate zone and they crave that high afterwards yeah. how important is warming up pre run first of all to prevent long term injuries yeah like um if it's just a normal run you're doing i would just go off a little bit slower don't force it so early but I don't actually like warm up per se for a normal run if it's a workout I would definitely say warm up just do a little bit of stretching oh yeah Um, even on a normal run just like taking the first say half a mile or first K can I ask a a quick question yeah sorry to interrupt a normal run and say you know not doing a dynamic warm up but just starting with maybe a slow jog walk jog what do you classify as a normal run like a 5K it wouldn't be the distance; it would be the intensity. So uh-huh. I think most people, if you're, if you're training about five times a week mm-hmm. running, two of those runs should be, like, not a normal run. They should be like some kind of session. So we, I usually do them on Wednesday and Saturday, and it sh- it doesn't have to be super hard, but it has to be something that you aren't just running at a constant pace the whole yeah. time. So you're going to have one of them that would be like an aerobic type session. Yeah. So about 80%. I think we talked about this before. On the January drive yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where it's like, if you are, like, heart rate is the best way to do it. But if you didn't, you can have it. Imagine if you were singing a song. You should be able to sing one line of the song without having to take, like, several breaths. If you can sing multiple lines of a song, you're going too easy. If you can sing only a few words you're going too hard so i would do that like say five minute intervals of that like that 80 percent pace okay so in that case you'll warm up like you would walk or jog easy for like say 10 minutes do that for 20 minutes and then you could cool down for 10 minutes again yeah um and then on saturday you might have a kind of more of interval based session where you're going maybe doing hills like 60 second hills doing 10 of those or you might do like two minute intervals or like maybe go three minutes, two minutes, one minute and do that a few times. What you want to be doing is just varying the type of training you're doing. And that's really going to help with injury prevention as well. Because as you said, one thing is where the muscles aren't activated. The second thing is a lack of variety in your training. It's just like you're doing the same loop at the same pace in the same time. And that uh, will lead to like a plateauing in your fitness levels because you need to stress your body a little bit more for it to to, to mm-hmm. adapt. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, um, it increases the chance of injury because it's the same part of the tendon, it's the same range of motion that's getting used constantly. So by changing the type of running we're doing, 
you change the range of motion, you change how much your joints are moving, mm-hmm. the muscles can activate more and you get better benefits in your fitness, like you'll see it in your the way you look and in your running yeah. performances. Okay, so just, I suppose, to summarise that when it comes yeah. to preventing injuries running, because that's what everyone wants to do, because yeah. most people that take up running end up getting injured. So it's planning out your week, you yeah. know, not going in at 100% for every run. No having variety with your runs maybe yeah. bringing your interval and kind of your 80% intensity pushing yes. yourself above that twice a week yeah. and then like the likes of your Pilates and maybe stretching flexibility mobility work a little bit alongside that now that that sounds like a lot to throw at people but I think it's really important that they take all that on board because you're not invincible you're only human yeah. and it's really important to have that variety have I hit everything on the nail head? that's exactly it I think that variety is so important like strides or workouts some kind of plates or strength work or flexibility work um, planning out your week so you're not overloading yourself too much a lot of people go too too hard mm-hmm. the last thing this would be for the more advanced runners mm-hmm. is if you have people if you if you're going to do like say a marathon or a half marathon in the the autumn you have to have some of that type of work in earlier even when it's not part of the plan so there's a thing called the acute to chronic workload ratio and what that is is that it's not even just the amount of training you do it's sudden spikes in the volume that cause injuries so if if you're going to have a 16 week block say to get ready for a marathon just starting that week one of the 16 weeks already you're going to be at like say 10 miles of a of a long run or 11 miles mm-hmm. and the next week say 11 miles next week 12 miles if you haven't ran like say 10 miles or a, a long run in you know two or three months just even starting that type of training increases your chance of injury so what you need to be doing even if you're doing like say 5k you know you're getting ready for park runs is every two or three weeks if you know in like three four months i'm going to be getting ready for a longer event add in a longer run um yes perfect thank you so much Owen. Uh, what i want to talk to you about after the break is the importance of nutrition around running hydration around running how we can train our brain not to hate it improving our speed trigger points knots and foam rolling that is all to come Finding a healthier balance for every day. Building balance on KCLR with Natalie Lennon. Now you are very welcome back to the show. We are talking about running on tonight's episode of Building Balance and I am joined by Owen Everard. Now, Owen, my next question for you is going to be around nutrition because a lot of people think, you know, well, I'm going out for my 5K, so I better carb load a little bit here. You don't need to carb load if you're going for a 5K. No, I need to carb load for a 5K. (laughs) No. Can you give us some advice as to, I suppose, how important you think nutrition is around running at the 5 to 10K mark? Yeah, I'd say leave the gels at home. That'd be my big, <laughs> big thing. You don't need one of those water belts either. Um, it's not that important at the 5 or 10k mark. You know, you don't need it to get around that a distance. You can just run a 5k or 10k without any, without having to take water on board during the run yes. or any, um, any gels. And in fact, I think sometimes we can look at like elite athletes and see them like drinking, say, electrolytes you know your sugary drinks mm-hmm. like your kind of Luxator Powerades um, and think oh yeah that's what I'll have as well but you know remember they're probably getting ready for 
a high intensity race if you're just going out for a training you're going to be drinking in too many calories for what you're burning so I think for 5k or 10k it's just really emphasising like good nutrition during the day and um, you know maybe eating things in your post recovery but like not not overly fueling for the actual 5k or 10k and when it comes to the time that you should maybe leave it before running would you say like you know if it's uh, I think I would have gone by the rule of thumb before that if it's a large meal you're having three to four hours pre-run if it's yeah. a snack maybe an hour and a half hour pre-run yeah that's what I would do you'd have much more experience in this than me now I so. don't know about that yeah, um, yeah I did I suppose just for the listeners to get a, an idea of my background at running I did a half marathon once upon a time yeah. that was before I got injured I then suffered a partially torn hip labrum and found out I had a both hips so then I stopped running completely for kind of two or three years had to get my hormones on track as well and I stopped doing cardio so I've I've gone from being what was almost a good fast runner yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to losing my stamina completely and then starting from scratch again which has been an interesting journey but um, when I was running longer distances that's the way I worked my food around it yeah. and then when it comes to hydration um, what would your advice be when it comes to hydrating pre and post run? Would you have any in particular? Not really. Again, what I do is I like, you know, lemon juice in like a litre of water. Again, uh, James Clear has this book called Atomic Habits. And it's like, what can you do to make good habits easy? So he talks about in the, in the book that in shops, they put like chocolate bars by the till mm-hmm. because seeing it, you wouldn't think you want a chocolate bar, but then you see it and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll grab one of those. So it's the same thing. It's like I try have a I have a 1.5 litre water bottle because filling up a water bottle is actually difficult, you know. So, so the bigger the water bottle can be, I only have to fill it up, say, twice in the day. Yeah. Um. So I'll always have like a lemon, lemon juice in that in the morning. You have more discipline in the morning as yeah. well. So I try to, to kind of front load the water. I'm not great for drinking water, so... I'll try have like a litre or 1.5 litres then depending on the time you're going running um, have that and then I might have some like cordial in in my water afterwards that does help yeah Yeah. more sugary but you get like at least sorry at least if I um, have had like lemon juice and water I've had less like sugar at the start of the day yeah I like the way you go about it and I agree that discipline is far easier to have in the morning yeah first thing when I wake up a glass of water nothing else enters my body until I've drank water and then I drink my vitamins and then I'll go maybe coffee breakfast I'm trying to pull back on coffee at the moment (laughs) and I've done it for three days just not having it until 11 and I've got a headache straight away like it's funny isn't it? It's bad how addicted to it I am. When it comes to hydration, so I was just looking up this fact to make sure it was right. It's really important to go into your runs hydrated, fully yeah. hydrated, because otherwise your performance is going to suffer. And every single session, not just running, your performance is going to suffer. Exercise performance is impaired when an individual is dehydrated by as little as 2% body weight and losses in excess of 5% of body weight. So if you're dehydrated by just over 5%, which is a small amount, and I reckon most people probably are because very few people actually drink enough water, then the capacity for work that your body has to do can increase by 30%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a staggering figure. And then if you're thinking about injuries and trying to prevent injuries, well, if you're increasing the level of work you have to do by 30% for no reason, bar you haven't drank enough water, yeah. you're asking for an injury. So I think that's why it is so important to make sure you drink enough. And if you're wondering, are you drinking enough? 
it's TMI, but the one port of call is your urine colour. You have yeah, yeah. to look at that. And if it's clear to straw coloured, you've drank enough. If it's not, you haven't. Get the water into you. Yeah. That would be my advice there. Would you agree? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And as I said, just kind of front loading at the start of the day, mm. that's a big one. Big, huge. Um, and if, you ha- if you're doing that before your run, you're naturally going to drink water after the run. I find if I haven't drank yeah. water beforehand, I drink about roughly the same amount afterwards anyway. So it's just good to... But if I've front-loaded that at the start, it's just easier to feel like, okay, I'm on on a good run for the day. Yeah, and you'll probably perform better having drank beforehand too. Would you say, so I did get some questions in, I'm running to my Instagram. Over over the last few years, anytime I put up a question box, I get in a few questions. So I'm going to throw some of those at you. Would you say you can train for a half marathon on a treadmill only? Yeah, no problem. Uh, It might be boring, but that'd be the only thing. I couldn't see an issue with that. When it comes to road running, do you think that's something that we should be trying to avoid yeah def- and you know we talked about variation being so important yeah so even if you can get any um like grass running it's way better because when you hit the ground like you know newton's third law is like for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction so mm-hmm. when you hit the ground that same amount of force is going back up into your body um so if you hit a road you're getting like probably double your body weight back up into your joints. And that's why we're talking about where the muscles have to be activated to absorb that force. And all those injuries, those passive injuries, are because like say the ligaments, the tendons, or the joints are taking that force. Now, if you're on grass, when you hit the grass, you basically, uh, the same amount of force isn't impacted back up into you because you deform the grass slightly. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like in those superhero movies where, like, the person lands and the ground cracks? Yeah. That's because (laughs) they put more force down into the ground than the ground could push back up. Now, that doesn't happen for us, like, normal humans with road. But with with the grass, you can't see it. But that's actually what's happening. When you put the force down, the ground is sinking a little bit under your feet. So there's not as much force going back up into your joints. So if you can run on the grass, you're taking a lot a lot more pressure off your joints, your ligaments and your tendons. One thing that I find difficult to own, because I do pop down to my local pitch sometimes to yeah. run. Well, first of all, it's easy to just throw on the runners and go out on the road. There's no travel anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I find it hard to motivate how, myself how to get into the from, car. Yeah. It's only like a five minute drive. But if you even like, so what I would do is sometimes, I don't know if I'm saying this, but uh, <laughs> like I'll run, say, 17 minutes and I'll go in the mornings. I might go to the like the practice um, ground of the golf club. Yeah. You know, if it's early. Yeah. And then I'll be able to run, say, 20 to 25 minutes in there and then I'll run home. So it's like. That's I've, not as bad. You've got exactly. the variety. I've yeah. got the variety and I've got some of it off the road. And my next question so on grass, sometimes I find it difficult because it's it's uneven at times. Yeah. Um, and I have a bit of a dodgy ankle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I have prone so many. Well. Inj- I have an extra bone in my ankle. Um, but when it comes to, say, tracks that are kind of like, you know, that kind of bark style yeah. or a track that will be like around a pitch, it's not quite tarmac atom, but it's kind of like broken up pieces yeah. of rock. Would you say that is on par with grass? Yeah, it's not exactly because it's still not going to put all the force back up into your body. Yeah. Okay. And then like over time, training on kind of slightly uneven ground can be actually very good for your ankle because you're changing the variety. So even like running in parks or like Jenkinstown Wood, while the ground might be harder, you still have to concentrate way more. Sometimes Mm. with, with the tarmac, you can just like basically like slap your foot off the ground because you don't mm-hmm. you know it's there's nothing there to 
that's going to cause uh, you to become unbalanced. Yeah. Where if you're kind of concentrating or your foot has to kind of slightly move, that's adding a variety that kind of helps. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely going to try and push myself to step away from that safety zone of just being on the road in Tarmac Adam because of my ankle after that. I'll report back to you and if I yeah, twist yeah, my ankle, yeah. it's on you, That own. is the thing, yeah. I've twisted my ankle a few <laughs> times as well. Not fun. Okay, my next question for you, and I kind of know the answer, but you're way more experienced here, especially given your titles. Um, how to improve your speed? Okay, yeah. So key things is like you got to practice it. So even if you're doing the longer runs, like once or twice in the week, if you can be doing like strides, that might be, you know, we talked about your Wednesday session, your Saturday session, maybe on a Tuesday uh, after your run, just doing like four by 10 seconds of a of a stride. Now, the key thing with trying to improve speed is never, ever do it more than like 90% effort. Okay, sometimes people go too fast on their sprints and that can actually increase that chance of injury. Just intentionally trying to go faster will really help. Can I ask a question there? Because yeah. today at the end of my session, so I did some upper body yeah. um, and cardio today. Brilliant. And for my cardio, I did 30-30 sprints on and off on the treadmill. Yeah, I do. Now, yeah, great. I'm kind of bringing back up my speed. Like I don't keep my sprint at the same speed for every single one. Yeah. So I bring it up a little bit each one because I'm kind of testing out the hips as well. Yeah. Let's say my, my 10k time is an hour. Yeah. My fastest speed in kilometres that ha- you think I should push myself on a sprint? No, like, so I wouldn't... You, would, you couldn't do it that way. What you would do is, like, say if you're doing a run, uh, what you would do is just afterwards, just intentionally try to go faster. So don't, like, think you have to hit a certain pace. Certain speed. Because what you'll do is people then will either, like, tighten up or they'll be overly forcing, yeah. which puts a lot of pressure on the muscles. Over This is like we talked about, consistency over time. So you might feel like, oh, I'm very, like I'm stiff or I'm not that fast. If you consistently do it, like say once or twice, like say four or five, 10 second to 15 second strides, just like intentionally trying to pick it up, yeah. but actually feeling like I, like... If you see Owen, he's doing the running motion. I'm doing the running studio. motion yeah. as well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, like feeling good looking good and feeling easy that's why I say sometimes it's like imagine someone's watching you yeah imagine someone's watching you and you're like you just want them to think god they're actually very smooth you don't want someone looking over and going god they're forcing that yeah 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 they're murdering themselves so keeping that in mind and then for for your if you wanted to do a better 5 or a better 10k the only speed outside that session is you might every so often do like a 5k pace of a workout you know you don't need to do yeah like 200 meters you'd be better off doing like 1ks in your 5k time yes um, and yeah. then do some 10k work and then some like aerobic work and that'll do way better over okay. time yeah okay really interesting thank you my next question for you now we've spoken about a lot of you know injury prevention but if yeah. there's kind of a quick line or two you could give me on either of these maybe the answer is just what you know the few options that we yeah. gave already how to avoid shin splints in particular yeah shin splints and I think you had Achilles pain yes they're basically the same they're overloads of the lower leg so a lot of people they don't lift their knees when they're running ah. yeah yeah they're, because they're going at a slow, pa- going at a slow pace so it's mm-hmm. only the calf that's getting worked and there's two places where your when your calf is getting too tight is going to get injured it's either the Achilles is going to get pulled at the back or it's the shin splints are going to get pulled on the side. That's what's happening. The muscle is getting pulled okay, off the yeah. side of the bone. Um, so key things you want to do for that are, first one is standing on one leg and just like holding a balance for like say a minute. If you can, this is it's called a single leg deadlift if people want to look it up. But if they bring their leg back then and bring their body forward and hold that, you want to get those muscles 
absolutely burning to the point where you feel like you can't stand on that leg. That then activates, as we said, the muscles in the foot. It also works the hamstring and glute. As we said, what I said there, a lot of times people do like heel drops and heel raises for Achilles pain yeah. or shin problems. I actually think that's like incorrect. Those areas are already overloaded. So they don't, it's like they're already working too hard. The solution isn't to make them way stronger. I agree. The solution is to get the areas that are not working hard enough to take mm-hmm. the pressure off. So mm-hmm. that's getting the hamstring and the glutes working. Once you have that done correct, once you're doing that then, then you can start adding in and there's still issues, heel drops, heel raises. But yeah. I have way better success working hard on balance, working that single leg deadlift, doing bridging work to fix calf issues than I ever did just concentrating on heel drops and heel raises. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> and quickly, I'm going to touch on some of these before I go to an ad break on what exactly are trigger points and knots because we hear a lot of people talking about you know getting knots in their quads or or even you know like they're back in the traps but are they a myth uh they're not a myth there's a big theory about it now a lot of things in you'll know yourself with nutrition it's some things are very difficult to actually isolate you know it's actually hard to like see the like chemical reactions and Mm -hmm. the same with knots like trigger points essentially are when the body is feeling like for whatever reason, like it's under threat. So it could be like unaccustomed exercise, an injury, the muscle essentially goes into spasm. Now, muscle is like two lines that grabs to it, grabs together and then pulls in close. Yeah. Um, when, when there's trigger points, they stay contracting, they stay pulling in close until they, they run out of energy and then they stay here. So it's like, imagine you held a sponge tight you could put your hand into water, but that sponge isn't going to take any new water in. And that's what essentially a trigger point is. So that's why we'll use like, say in physio, like dry kneeling or acupuncture kneeling. We're going to hit that to basically release that trigger point. That is an amazing way of describing it. Because I've always, I've never like asked anyone this in particular or looked into it myself, but your muscle fibres are not essentially getting into a knot. They're just really tight. Really tight. And then they even though there's blood around it, the new blood that has energy for it to relax off can't get in. So that's why you got to hold with a foam roller on the point yes. to release it off. And it's the other reason why you always want to foam roll first before doing stretching. Because if you imagine yeah. if you have a knot, you're actually going to be stretching out the areas that are not knotted and you're actually going to overstretch healthy tissue and still have the knots. I always say that, like if you think about a knot in your shoelace. Yes, if, exactly. Yeah, so if you pull at that knot, aka stretching, yeah. you're tightening it. Yes. But if you were to like massage it and rub into it, you're probably going to loosen it and yeah. undo the knot. Exactly, um, that's a great analogy. Yeah, okay, we're going to go to a quick ad break and we'll be back with hopefully one or two more questions that I can squeeze in and I get to know the guest. With weekly advice from health industry experts, Building Balance on KCLOR with Natalie Lennon. Okay, we are back here talking all things running. Owen, quick question for you then. This is really the last one that we're going to fit in. You know the gels that you have before marathons or during marathons? You said something quickly there to me and I want you to say it to everyone because it blew my mind. Lots of people go straight onto these thinking they're going to be fine and they can digest them, but they have a lot of issues. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It can take, I was talking to Evan Lynch, he's a nutritionist on this, um, and it can take 17 exposures to these gels for your stomach to get used to them. So if you think about it, you need to be practicing taking these gels at least 17 times before you're doing a marathon. And if you're doing a marathon, you should be taking a gel every 30 minutes. So it's just important to practice that because 
digestive issues can really affect people in a marathon. So it's important to practice that type of nutrition mm-hmm. early in your routine. Okay, brilliant. Owen, I'm going to leave it there with the running brilliant. and I might just have to get you back again. But you never know, I might squeeze in one or two more. But <laughs> first, really quickly, I want to do my building balance life hack of the week. And then after that, my favourite part of the show, the building balance get to know the guest. With simple things you can do, the building balance life hack. Okay, your life hack for this week, when it comes to your peanut butter, okay, if you're buying the good stuff, you know the way it settles and the oil goes on top and you have all the good stuff at the bottom and every time you want to use it, you have to mix it up and it's just a pain in the foot. So if you're getting tired of mixing the oil back into your natural peanut butter, easy solution, store the jar upside down. When you're ready to make one of, you know, those fabulous peanut butter toppings for your pancakes later on, turn up or turn upside down your peanut butter this moment and the oil will rise the other way so it's much easier to stir them when you open it. And that is your Building Balance Life Hack for this week. The Building Balance gets another guest. It is definitely time. doing that on the, the peanut butter. That's a really good one. <laughs> it's a good one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Get to know the guest, Mr. Owen Everard, your favourite meal. Uh, I like my mum's cabbage bacon and spuds on uh, Saturday. An Irish man at heart. Yeah. Watching sunrise or sunset? Uh, sunrise. That's nice. Pick one to keep. Mm, slow, intensive, slow, steady pace running or fast intervals? Fast intervals. I knew you were going to say that. Your favourite dessert? Uh, ice cream. What flavour? Uh, I used to love Romantica, but they kind of changed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that throwback. Barry's or Lines? I like like lemon and ginger tea. I don't drink tea. <laughs> There's a that. healthy man if yeah. ever you had it. Heinz or Chef Ketchup? Chef, yeah. Like chef. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay, pick one to keep. Tea or coffee? Uh, I'll have to say tea, yeah. Y- last thing you ate? Uh, I had pita breads with like chicken and lettuce and tomatoes for tea. Healthy, healthy. You're the last person you hugged. My wife. Ah, spring or summer? Uh, summer. Last song you played? Uh, Over the Bridge by Sam Hunt, I think it is. Fair play for remembering your favourite abroad destination. Uh, I like Lanzarote in the su- winter, it's nice. Me too, me too. Yeah, yeah. Favourite hike in Ireland? I like that uh, Greystones to Bray Walk and then Stunning. yeah, go to the you know that Happy Pear Place afterwards. Yes. It's a nice little day out. Love their porridge. And then your favourite hike in Ireland? I don't really have a hike. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that'd be classic. I don't like that That's much. your homework. You have to go Yeah, hiking. yeah. <laughs> and that is your Get to Know the Guest for this week. Get to Know the Guest. KCLR. Now, Owen Everett, thank you so much for being my guest on today's show. Of course, I have to finish with asking you if people want to find you, if they want to take part in your Pilates classes, they're looking for a physio, any information you want to give, now is the time. Yeah, well, we're completely booked for the live classes, unfortunately, in Kilkenny, but uh, we can you can have a free trial of the online one. It's Everard Pilates, so E-V-E-R-A-R-D pilates.com forward slash sport free trial or I have a book how to get to the line in the best shape possible and you can get that at everardpilates.com forward slash book and it's there's a free online copy 
absolutely amazing everyone Great. loves free things so yeah, hopefully yeah. They'll, they'll jump on that Owen thank you so much for coming on to Building Balance today again I feel like I didn't get enough time I had so many more questions but I really do appreciate you coming in thanks Nathie I really enjoyed that and thanks to all of you for joining me this evening it has been a pleasure hosting here once more on Casey Lore. we will be back at the same time again next week with a new topic but in the meantime Owen Carey is on the way with Fully Loaded and lots of music to get you through the afternoon so make sure you do not go anywhere I'm not going to get to play too much of this for you but as always we like to finish the show with my motivational track of the week Getting you motivated The Building Balance Track of the Week And this week it is S Love 7 They did just reunite so it is Reach I'll leave you and I love you We'll talk to you soon